Hey you! Welcome to the Muzzles Mascara Motherhood Podcast. A podcast for the woman who recognizes that fitness is way more than a dress size or a number on the scale. Who refuses to diminish her uniqueness to fit in and who recognizes that motherhood is her superpower, not the death knell to her body or life goals. I'm your host, I'm Lola Bodeogudipwe, a fitness communicator, coach, wife and mom of two. On every episode of this podcast, you're going to be informed, inspired, and invigorated to take action as we talk about topics ranging from nutrition, mindset, exercise, motherhood, and the ever-changing definitions of beauty. If your goal is to be the healthiest, fittest version of you, who is confident and comfortable in her skin and empowered in all her roles, especially motherhood, you're in the perfect place. Let's do this. Today we are talking about one of my favorite topics in the world. Food! Yes, food is one of my favorite things in the world. Girl, I am a foodie. I am a foodie. In fact, in the words of my daughter, when my daughter is eating something that is so juicy that she loves, then she starts singing, I'm a foodie, I'm a foodie, I'm a foodie. <laughs> That's why my body is looking juicy. <laughs> we are foodies in my house. <laughs> So today we are talking about food and we're talking about the five values of food. Now you're looking at dummy. What's the five values of food? Like what other value does food have rather than keeping me alive, right? But no, we are talking about the five values of food according to the gospel of dummy. But the most important thing and what I want you to take away from this episode is understanding, right? I'm a firm believer that when we understand something, when we understand the why, it is easier to apply you know, the knowledge that we have. It's not enough to have knowledge. When you understand the reason behind the knowledge, right? That's why cramming for exams and cramming for stuff isn't the best because there's no understanding behind it, right? Tell that to our secondary and primary school teachers. (laughs) But that's what I love about the kids' education now because there's so much understanding on the why, not just the, you know, regurgitating, whatever it is you've learned. Anyway, so today we are understanding why food has such a hold on us through understanding the five values that food provide for us. Because one big thing when I work with people is the exercise isn't, isn't always the issue. It's easy to get up and go exercise. Yes, it's easy. I know someone just rolled the eyes and like, mm, easy. But trust me, it's easier to get up, go exercise for like how many minutes rather than watch what you eat all over the course of the day. Anyway, so today we're talking about the five values of food. And my goal is that you understand this so that when next you are driven, by food, you understand what exactly is driving it. When next you are driven or you feel like you are driven and you can't control yourself, for those who really struggle with this for weight loss and then those who don't struggle, I believe understanding still comes in, right? So let's get to it. Now, the first two are things that everybody, duh, even a primary school student will be able to tell you that that's what food does, but we're just going to go into it into a bit of detail. But the last three will be very interesting, all right? Let's start off with the first one. Food provides us with energy and with wealth. But really, when I ask you, how does food provide us energy? Because usually we just say it, we just say it, we just hear it. Food provides energy. Oh, I'm weak, I need to eat. Uh, One of my friends, we always tease her. She'll say her blood sugar is low. And we're like, how do you know if her blood sugar is low? (laughs) That you need a bottle of, you know, so that to bring it up. Anyway, so energy, food provides us with energy. Now, how does this happen? Let's think about it. Basic integrated science in school, right? We've learned about photosynthesis, how the sun, you know, provides um, food, energy for the plants, right? So we're starting from the sun. Photosynthesis happens, um, you know, the plants grow and all that. But when we think about that, we're not thinking about the fact that the plants are absorbing the energy from the sun and storing the energy from the sun. 
think about sun as energy. We just look at it as this hot thing that wants to, that is making me spend all my money on sunscreen and that wants to <laughs> turn me all dark and old, right? But think about how solar panels are so popular right now. Why? Because they are getting their energy from the sun. Think of how powerful that energy source is, right? And then that same energy source comes down into our food and it gets into the plant cells, you know, and does its thing. They grow, they thrive, but that energy is stored in the food. Now we have animals who graze, grazing animals. So we have the cow, we have the goats and all that, right? Some of them, they go, they graze on this, on this um, plant. As they do that, they also receive energy from the plant, from the food. We as humans too, when you go and eat your F4, your spinach, your broccoli, blah, 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 the energy you're deriving is from the energy that was stored in the food. So this is how a basic, at the minimum, transfer happens and we get energy. Now, how does that translate in the body, right? So when we eat food, very basic um, summary, digestion starts from the mouth. Why? Because we have digestive enzymes that are in the mouth. So depending on what you're eating, protein, fat, um, carbohydrates, there are certain enzymes in our mouth that break down each one. They go down into our digestive system. So we have small intestine, um, big intestine, we're not going into a science um, breakdown here, but just an overview, right? And then that happens. There are certain systems in our bodies that then extract because energy like is a chemical bond, right? And so it starts to extract these foods, breaking them down, breaking down the energy bonds to extract that energy, take it into our cells because everything in our body happens at the cellular level. So the energy you need to breathe, you need to speak, you need to move around, you need to run, you need to do your exercise, you need to climb the stairs is coming from the cellular level. And that energy is provided when our bodies break down the chemical bonds in the food that we have eaten. So this is how we get energy and we can only get it from food. Now, in some cases, like when God sent the eagle, Abi, what bird was it to provide Elijah with every food? Even then, it was food sent. It's not food he sent. <laughs> God didn't just say, oh, Elijah, take energy, take it, take it. He sent him food. Because God is all wise, he has put systems in place for everything that we need, right? So food provides us energy. It provides us with fuel. Think about your car. Your car cannot move no matter how beautiful, badass, expensive it is. It still needs fuel. Even the smart cars, the Teslas and all that, the fuel is the electricity. It needs something to propel it to move and carry you all over the place, right? And do what you need to do. So uh, the first function of food at the basic level is to provide us with energy and with fuel, right? Now, the second thing is it serves as building blocks for our bodies. This point is so important. When we start to think about the quality of our diets and what makes us, now when I say diet here, I'm not talking about diet to lose weight. I'm talking about the diet, the food. You know, a diet is mainly an overview of the kinds of food that a particular culture or people eat, right? So you have the Mediterranean diet, um, you have the um, people, um, I've forgotten what di their diet is called. Um, you have, okay, let's even say um, people who go with, with the carnivore diet, right? Who eat only meat and stuff like that, right? So they, they've decided to form a culture for themselves and that's the carnivore diet, that kind of thing. Then the people in the Mediterranean, the kind of, you know, diets they eat and all that. So it provides us with building blocks because your body can only be made from the kind of material that you consume material in this sense is food which is why quality of diet is such an important fact and why we miss the mark when we focus on only calories 
And when we, you know, say that, okay, we want to lose weight and then we cut out whole food groups, which is insane to me. But anyway, so it provides us with building blocks. So you, your body now, you stretch out your hands, you look, everything that it's made up of is dependent on what you eat. There is no other mechanism that is available for our body to build. So in primary school, we heard that protein is the building blocks of life. Yes, because that's its main work, right? It builds muscle for us and tissue repair and all that, right? But let's also think about the vitamins, the minerals, right? The different nutrients that go in our bodies. I mean, when we think about hormone production, we need fat. Um, what's it called? Dietary fat. Now, uh, you know, dietary fat, not the fat, not the fat that is in our body, not the adipose tissue. For functions like that, right? We need fat for um, hormone excretion, hormone production, even for our cellular walls, right? To be made and repaired and all that. We need the dietary fat. Of course, we've spoken about protein, building blocks of life, right? So important. We need carbohydrates for energy. We need carbohydrates for energy. So they all do their things. We need minerals. We need minerals like sodium, potassium, you know, calcium for us to exist. So the quality, so if our foods are lacking in these things, then we know definitely that our body is lacking somehow. And the body will always take what it needs. And then it begins to break down things in our bodies to extract these are nutrients. So for example, when a mother is pregnant and she does not have enough new, um, calcium, for example, the body will dig into the bones to get the calcium. And then that woman gives birth and she's left with less bone density, less healthy bones than she went into pregnancy with. How about um, muscle? When we don't eat adequate protein and the body function, it wants to stay alive. It's going to go into your muscle tissues to break it down. It's going to become catabolic instead of anabolic. Anabolic is building up. So anabolic is when you take adequate protein and then it starts to build your body. Catabolic is when you don't take adequate dietary protein. It starts to break down the existing muscle tissue in the body to provide enough protein for its work. So this is why we have to be conscious of the, about the um, makeup of our meals, right? When they say balanced diet, when they say eat adequate days, um, you have the um rdi that's the I, I it's it's slipping my mind now the full breakdown of the name right but the, that's the recommended daily intake thank you nobody told me but <laughs> you know how it is when you remember when somebody says it to you but i'm the only one here so thank myself dummy your brain thank you <laughs> the recommended daily intake of certain foods because that is the minimum in fact the rdi is usually so low for a lot of um food but that's the minimum intake you see, when you see a label, they say RDI of a 2000 calorie diet, which is basically what they mean that the minimum standard for an adult to have of this nutrient. So they'll say in this pack, RDI of a 2000, um, it contains five grams of protein. So this is the, how many percentage of, you know, protein that an adult is supposed to have this food contains so maybe you're supposed to have 50 percent protein that's an arbitrary number this particular food you're about to eat contains 10 percent so the second function of food is to provide building blocks for our bodies right and so we have to really take note of the quality of our diet when it comes to that now the third one which i always find interesting is the hedonistic value of food when you think about something hedonistic something purely for pleasure purely for pleasure and the hedonistic so there are two values of food when we eat when it comes to this right there's the homeostatic 
you know, um, pathway. Now, homeostasis in our body is basically balance. Not too much, not too little. It is just enough. Our bodies are always fighting to get to homeostasis where everything is level. So your blood pressure isn't too high, it isn't too low. Your blood sugar isn't too high, it isn't too low. Um, the blood pH, right? That is why it stays neutral. So it's either too acidic or too um, alkaline. It stays in the middle, right? The body is always fighting, your heart rate is always fighting to get into the state of homeostasis. Now, the homeostatic pathway for food, the homeostatic craving for food is when there is a deficiency in energy balance in the body. Remember that the number one thing we spoke about was energy. So now when the body is deciphering and understanding that, okay, I am lacking in energy. I need food. There's an absence of adequate energy resource in the body. So we need food. Then that is where hunger comes in. But hedonistic you know, um, value of food is when there is no deficiency in energy. You are full. You are full. This, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I am full, but the longer throat still wants something sweet. You know how you said, oh, when I'm done eating, I, st I still want something sweet. I like, I just like to have a taste of, you know how you're doing your fingers, something sweet. <laughs> that is a hedonistic, you know, value of food. And this is where for a lot of people, for a lot of us, cravings come in habits coming right behaviors because for me no matter how full i am i want something sweet so usually on a good day when coach dami is in charge it's a sweet fruit or something but when dami 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 is in charge or more it's chocolate <laughs> that kind of thing do you understand so that's the hedonistic value of food. so it provides a hedonistic value of just imagine i'm picturing it right now just the slab of chocolate this piece of chocolate in my mouth like the pleasure points it's lighting things in the brain right it's when releasing dopamine in the brain the pleasure hormones right it's making you feel good it provides that value and i i'm a believer that god doesn't make mistakes so there's a reason he made food so tasty. So for all those ones who say, oh, eat one meal a day forever, I'm like, please, you are, you are your own. Because the God that provided the food has sense. And he put pleasure in the, I mean, when you taste a juicy piece of fruit, you know, you taste a well-cooked meal, you taste the pleasure point. It activates the pleasure centers in the brain and just makes us feel good. Right? So that is another value that it provides. It makes us feel good hedonistic um you know value and now we're going to the fourth one which is something that most of us don't observe but it is very true it serves as a point for social connections off the top of your head I'm right now sure I siri it's not for you to understand <laughs> um my my what you said i'm not sure i understand that's the second time it's doing it today anyway social connections right think of any activity think of any um, gathering that doesn't involve food we meet up for lunch we meet up for brunch we have a breakfast date um we go out for drinks somebody died there's food somebody's getting married there's food somebody was born there's food want to netflix and chill with family there's food we're having a get together there's food food serves as a form of social connection the thing that always comes to mind for me is when you think about italian families right can picture them you can see them around you know this big table of food they're just bonding at christmas at thanksgiving for the americans and the canadians you know it's a big food fest even for us here christmas parties salad whatever it is right it's a big food fest 
We even had theme, have themed foods for those things. We have turkey for Thanksgiving. We have chicken for Christmas. We have the ram for Salah. So it serves as a point of social connection. And it's a very important one because when you're eating and those pleasure points are released and then you're bonding with your family, oxytocin, another hormone, the bonding hormone is being released and so many things. So we usually have, that is why we have um, childhood foods that evoke memories for us. For example, for me, if it starts to rain, I immediately start to crave amala. Why? Because it holds such a tender me memory for me when I was a kid, like when it's rainy and all, I'll ask my mom if I can have hot amala and then I'll cuddle up somewhere with my book and it just brings such warm, you know, um, childhood memories for me. So it provides a social value, social connection. And because it's usually integrated with good memories, you know, that is a big part of our life. And then the last one, this last one, it provides emotional value. I like to say that we are all, to a large extent, emotional eaters. Now you might think to yourself, oh, Demi, I'm not, but think about it. Why? Because food makes us feel good. And this is not even food. It's usually not food. I mean, no, I'm not upset and I want to eat Amala. Trust me. I'm upset and I want chocolate. I'm upset and I want um, biscuit. I'm upset and I want chips. Why is that? Because we crave certain foods when we are emotional. Because, and usually it's a sad feeling, right? It's more of the negative emotions, stress feelings and all that. You want something that is an immediate pick-me-up. You want something that immediately makes you feel better. Now, the body keeps score. The brain keeps score. And so when you are feeling that way, and the number one goal of your mind is to make you feel good is to bolster up your mood. If your mind does not want anything, our minds don't want anything to push us out of sorts, right? So it's, it's in this starts to think, what can immediately make her feel better? What can bring up her mood? It remembers that when she eats chocolate, the pleasure points in her brain lights up. When she eats crisp, crisps, right? She immediately feels better. When she eats this, you remind her of, it reminds her of an, a happier time in her past. All right, so... Craving center, light up, let her start craving these things so that she can get out of this funk and start to feel better. So food is a big part in our emotions. We eat our emotions for a lot of people. I can tell you for a fact, I am one. I just have control over it. But trust me, if, if you were to leave me to myself, oh my gosh, after a long stressful day, I just want to sit down with a bar of chocolate, a bottle of Baileys and just go on Netflix and just, you know, zone out. So it also provides an emotional circle. These five, as I'm talking, as I'm, I'm sure you, you've identified something about yourself in each one, right? This knowledge provides you with a powerful tool and resource. If food is a struggle for you, to start examining the why behind why you eat the way you eat. It's not just about willpower. We usually you know, um, are hard on ourselves that, oh my gosh, I don't have willpower. Oh my gosh, I don't have control. I don't do this. I don't do this. I don't do that. But you have to remember that food at every point in time is serving a sort of value. If it's boredom, it's filling in that boredom because maybe we don't want to sit down with our thoughts or we don't want, know what to do with ourselves when we are bored. Do you understand? If it's the energy, our body doesn't have enough energy for that. We just usually override that um, instinct at times when we have too much stored energy too much body fat in our body and we want to lose it and then we override that immediate drive for the body to bring in energy externally and we're like no when we don't feed it food 
when we are hungry and when we feed it less than we usually eat then we're sending a signal to the body that energy is not coming in externally go into your reserves and get the energy that you need social connections right you're there with your friends you're there with your family the pleasurable hormones being released in your body provides a, a tie with that kind of contact so for that every time is providing value when you then understand and start to look at it from this perspective that this thing i'm about to, especially when you know it's something that it's not optimal for you to eat maybe because of your goals or your health or just generally you can start to examine that okay what value is this food providing for me now is there another way that i can meet this need i'm feeling emotional right now is that for me a lot of times when i've had a very stressful day a shower does wonders for me i turn on the ac in the room i put on the candle i go take a bath that stress Oh my gosh, it dissipates a lot. So rather than immediately going to reach for the chocolate bar, I put those steps in and then I'm feeling like a snack later. I am in a better place to pick better snacks that are suited. So it doesn't even mean I might not have the chocolate. I might just have like quarter of what I'll normally have had and then have some fruits with it and all that. So the point of this is just to give you the information to start assessing for, for food from that angle to understand what value it gives is bringing to you and then that will begin your journey to start gaining your power over it thank you for hanging with me today i enjoyed recording this episode because again i'm a foodie i'm a foodie i'm a foodie <laughs> all right share this with somebody who you know needs to hear it who it will help remember to subscribe please it's going to help us grow you know this is a very new podcast so looking to grow remember to leave a rating a review and I will see you very soon.